Welcome to I Wish They Knew, a show where leaders in business and education share big ideas that deserve more attention in about the time it takes to enjoy a cup of coffee. I'm Joe Hirsch. Today's wish comes from Maggie Jackson. Maggie is an award-winning author and journalist, best known for her pioneering work on social trends, especially the impact of technology on humanity, something she chronicled in her last book, Distracted, which won awards and sparked a global conversation on how we can better reclaim our focus. So important. Maggie is also a former contributing columnist for the Boston Globe, has written for the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, New Philosopher, and many other leading publications worldwide. And her latest book, which just came out, and I'm into it, is Uncertain, The Wisdom and Wonder of Being Unsure. Maggie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to be with you. So what do you wish more people knew? I wish more people knew that uncertainty was wisdom, not weakness, and certainly not inertia. In today's day and age, we deal with so much volatility, unpredictability, and et cetera, and yet the we need to actually lean into uncertainty. We need to seek uncertainty because this mindset, the mindset of being unsure, is actually critical, new research shows, to adaptability, to curiosity, to flexibility, and to resilience, which are precisely the cognitive skills we need most in this time of flux. Okay, so uncertainty doesn't hold up progress, it, it opens up possibilities. Exactly. Uncertainty actually emerges in many different modes. It's really important for you know, both social and for decision-making and for creativity and many, many, many different aspects of life that we um, you know, assume should be about instant knowing. Mm. Yeah, so the impact on our ability to, to know, to do, and to relate to other people in our world. Exactly. And one other way in which we can unpack this a little bit is to learn that uh, the uneasiness that we experience when we are first uncertain, when we meet something new and unexpected and unknown, we, we do feel uneasy because humans are built to want answers. But that actually is, is good stress. There are incredible changes in your body and brain, including a rise in your working memory, a broadening of your focus, your brain becomes more active. In other words, when you're uncertain, you're actually primed and ready to learn. One neuroscientist told me, uh, your brain is telling itself at that moment, something's to be learned here. So it's really a spur as well as a space for thinking well. I like that distinction. Thing is though, that so many people are, are developing ways to arrive at answers and decisions through these mental shortcuts, you know, to get there faster, to get there quicker. You say this kind of shortcut thinking actually leaves us worse off. Why is that? Well, exactly. Um, of course, you know, we need to make instant decisions night and day, and particularly in a leadership role. You know, you have to come to an answer. I'm not espousing, and nor does the research show, that we want to have uncertainty as a goal. At the same time, heuristic thinking, which we often think of as biases, but actually is a kind of honed, uh, well-learned knowledge. It's a, a, a set of mental models. You know, the, the, when, the, when the doctor see, sees chest pains, they think heart attack. That's 
heuristic thinking in a nutshell. This is very impressive and it's, it works really well in predictable situations because heuristic thinking is a form of recognition. So you're actually the fire chiefs, 80% of fire chiefs arrive on the scene and decide how to fight the fire within two minutes. It's wonderful unless they come up against something completely new. And then that's the time when you need to break the what's called the cognitive entrenchment of heuristic thinking and begin to consider the problem. You need that uncertainty to actually spur you toward uh, thinking fresh. And also you need that uncertainty as a kind of space and time to um, investigate further options. So heuristic thinking is wonderful and limited. And unfortunately, in our culture, we so often equate, you know, the swaggering, the facile, the efficient type of expertise, whether it's in the boardroom or the operating room with, uh, you know, superior performance, when actually we're not seeing the height of expertise when we see the so-called routine expert. What we really need are experts who actually are willing to break the inertia of their knowing and then um, move to greater ends. Mm, yeah, so it's almost like that that questioning is what paves the way for greater expertise and greater performance. Absolutely. And it's also, uh, yes, the questioning, the skepticism, even amidst routine uh, or in the crisis moment when every fiber in your body wants to race to an answer. I mean, as you mentioning, we, you know, meetings are outcome oriented and the, and the slogan is, are you a finisher? Well, at, you know, it it might not you know, we we need to, in some ways, know the limits of instantaneity and make room for not yet knowing. Mm, I like that. Okay, so uncertainty doesn't just help individuals get better outcomes. You describe some of those, but as you've shown in the book, it also leads teams to experience better results. Talk about the the group benefits of uncertainty. Sure. Yes, and I followed uh, and investigated the work of Mars Explorer Rover team, some of the most innovative teams in space history. And their experience, you know, they were constantly trying to cultivate disagreement and dissent in order to do better. Well, you might think that means, oh, the best side wins or the dissenter rides in waving the flag of the right answer. Actually, it's uncertainty that spurs better collaboration as a result of uh, it's a, you know, it's actually uncertainty that spurs better collaboration because it jolts the group off that complacent rush to accord that we're so familiar with. Most groups only discuss what is um, everybody already knows. They, there's a kind of so-called hidden profile of information that each person knows, but it doesn't get surfaced in most groups because we love to agree. That's great for humans, you know, evolution and survival, but it's not great for modern day co collaboration. So if you can disagree, then you're actually in a space of what I call uncommon ground. And studies show that the Mars rover teams actually had one fifth of their discussions involved disagreement, micro conflicts are called, that's judicious and you know respectful con uh, conflict. But at the same time, most of those conflicts had expressions of uncertainty. And that's really important because people were voicing 
what they didn't know. This kind of research about the benefits of uncertainty spurred by conflict has actually been shown in juries. It's been shown in healthcare teams, in management teams, uh, on, on climbing expeditions in Mount Everest. So the jury is in, so to speak, that uh, actually a group really wants to be a little bit unsettled by their uncertainty, and then discussion intensifies and uh, creativity is sparked and uh, mistakes are surfaced. I mean, as I say in the book, you know, why would we want to come together to be less than the sum of our remarkable parts? Mm, yeah. So unless people are willing to almost surrender their certainty, they're not going to get any closer to the benefits that the uncertainty might surface. Exactly. Or at least shake up their certainty a little bit. In the book, you talk about uncertainty as wisdom in motion to, to that point, which is a, a great concept. Tell me, though, about some of the practical ways that we could communicate a sense of uncertainty to others without causing them to lose faith in our own capabilities. I imagine that's a hang up for a lot of people. Well, I think we can um, allow each other to be a little uncertain. Don't, you know, immediately cut off or interrupt as pundits do all the time. Uh, you know, others who are trying to tease out the complexities of a problem. Um, when someone has a different perspective than yours, you know, hold your fire and allow the group to um, be a little uncomfortable in that moment um, and see that as good stress. Um, you know, role model this if you're a parent for your children. You know, you don't have to have all the answers from your as a parent. In fact, you might learn more about your ch children if you're actually willing to be unsure either together or unsure as a parent. Perhaps around the family table or uh, again in the C-suite, we can perhaps, you know, think and remember and recall a minute rather than just downloading an answer that might not be the answer, might not even be, uh, you know, the answer that we need at the moment. Let's have faith in the human mind to actually do its work. I'm thinking about the limits of being uncertain. Uh, and I'm thinking about this ad I saw a couple of years ago. I think it was AT&T, where a doctor goes in for a pre-op checkup on his patient. The doctor who was just reinstated and cleared for surgery and says to the patient, hey, uh, you nervous? And the patient's like, yeah, doc. Yeah, I'm nervous. And the doctor says, yeah, me too. <laughs> so, and so I guess I'm wondering, you know, when is it unhelpful to be uncertain? So there's actually a huge difference between seeing uncertainty as uh, threatening or as challenging. And, and that's really one of the major facets of your disposition toward uncertainty. And when you can actually, uh, harness and leverage, even delight in uncertainty, as I've been discussing, you can then actually leverage life itself, be more curious and wonder instead of fearful of what's coming down the pike. And, you know, which is really important because after life, after all, life is always going to be unpredictable, mutable, and dynamic. And when we are uncertain, we're actually placing ourselves on the edge of what is known. If we want to retreat constantly into what we know and hang there, we're never going to grow. We're never going to learn. And as I mentioned, that uneasy, unsettling feeling when you're uncertain is a signal that your brain and your mind is primed to learn. 
yeah, ready to learn and ready to grow. And to do that, we need to give ourselves that time and space to be just a little bit less certain. The book is uncertain and the author, and of this, I am quite sure she's wonderful, is Maggie Jackson. Maggie, thank you for sharing your wish with us today. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, please rate and review the show. It helps others find us. For more ideas on how to communicate with impact, visit my website, joehirsch.me. See you next time.